Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Bingetown TV and our coverage of HBO Succession. So we just watched the penultimate episode, and I have no idea what it was called. I didn't even think Church to... and State. Church and State. There you go. Thank you, Alex. She's ready to go because she'll be delivering our executive summary. But before we get there, little classic Bingetown housekeeping. Just reminding you guys, if you've been enjoying what you're listening to and you have not yet subscribed on either YouTube, if you're watching, anything you're listening on, Apple, Spotify, et cetera, et cetera, please do so. It's just the best way to support us. It's easy. One click. Then you get notified of everything we do. And you can stay in touch with us as obviously succession is ending, but the podcast itself is not ending. So we will be moving on to other shows in the future. So just stick with us and subscribe. Uh, Succession specific feed, small note for you guys, is just we obviously binge on TV is a separate whole podcast that does more than just Succession. So pop over to the main feed, you'll get all that info. And also pop over to bingetowntv.com. That's where it's got everything, home of Bingetown, all of our episodes in an easy to find order and organization. All right. Episode nine, fantastic episode, Church and State and there's no need to muck anything up. We'll just uh, pass the torch over to Alex and her executive summary. All right. It's uh, sort of poetic that I covered Logan's death episode, executive summary, oh, wow. and now his funeral episodes full circle for me Jeez. over here. So, uh, yeah, penultimate, as you said, church and state. But as to be expected, church and state are anything but separate at the funeral for the maker of lives and livings and things and money. Logan Roy, with all of the Roy children fixated on their own self-interests rather than letting today be just about today, the scheming is at an all-time high before the ceremony even begins. Kendall starts his day embroiled in interpersonal drama on both personal and professional fronts. Roman is all incest jokes and working the room to form the cake beneath his cherry on top, while Shiv spends her time making deals of her own amidst fielding mixed responses to the now apparent baby bump. Amidst the scheming, Greg is seen zooming across the city in tumult on a city bike. Tom is too tied up at ATN to attend, and the old guard serves up standard savage commentary. Uh, we then get the most iconic moment of all, Logan's lifetime supply of wifeys and side pieces, unionized and sat front row for the show. In the words of Beyonce, ashes to ashes, dust to side chicks. <laughs> The actual ceremony starts off with a bang as an impassioned Uncle Ewan forces his way to the podium first to deliver some of that Logan Roy villain origin story uh, that some of us have been looking for. Uh, and Ewan paints a bleak yet honest portrait of Logan, one that sits in direct opposition to what the kids want to convey. Roman the showman is on deck, positioned to combat their uncle's harsh words, but instead quickly melts under the spotlight, um, taking the form of the grim weeper. It would seem that all of his pre-grieving didn't quite take. And but who else should rise to the occasion to save the day? None other than the, the number one son, Kendall Logan Roy, who manages to twist Ewan's harsh truths into a speech that ultimately characterizes Logan's brute force and sheer will as nothing less than aspirational. Shiv then steps up as the closer, delivering a speech that feels more like a goodbye to her dear, dear world of a dad rather than a moment to flex, which knowing Shiv is for the best. Over at the PetSupply.com discount mausoleum, we see some of that sibling bonding we crave but so rarely get. This is, of course, short-lived as the scheming resumes, with Kendall propositioning Big H to pledge his allegiance to him as the hopeful top dog. Woof, woof, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> 
At the post-funeral luncheon, Kendall also manages to bring Colin in on his newly formed Injustice League. Kendall then moves to schmooze Mankin first, but is swiftly dragged out of this moment, followed by an interjection from Tiny Tears and former presidential candidate Connor. And while the White Devils are working hard, the Red Devil works harder, as Shiv is the sibling who ultimately succeeds in commanding Mankin's full attention, stealing him away for the first sad, sweet, and handsome Nazi face-to-face. While brief, this conversation proves quite fruitful for this duo, as by episode's end, it would seem Mankin's more amenable to partnering with an anarcho-capitalist Parmigiana and his American puppet, rather than forging a CE bro alliance. Kendall senses his shift and goes full-on Roman, on Roman, repeatedly kicking the man while he's down. This sends Roman to the streets, looking for a physical manifestation of the endless ass-beating he's endured all day, inevitably getting a bow to the face before calling it a night. It would seem that by all counts, Shiva has emerged victorious and thus the winner of the funeral. But as every succession head knows, when the highs are high, they are fleeting. And the lows that follow seem to plummet deeper each time. Only the series finale can tell us who lands on top. But will it be a Roy boy, Shiv the Shiv, or someone else entirely? Woo! Snap, 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 snap. So good. That was a beast of an episode. Hour yeah. 14 clocked in. So good. Every second yeah. was so juicy and sexy really and good. <laughs> that was one of the first episodes we've ever like kind of texted like a little bit throughout. Yeah. Yeah, which it, was fun. Uh, yeah. And I'm always so nervous because we don't usually watch it exactly the same time. We may start 10 minutes late or Kyle yeah. may start 30 minutes late or something like that. So you don't want to spoil. But this time we really did start around the same yeah. time. So like I sent the wolf wolf like five minutes after it happened, just in case you pause yeah, to go get smart. something. I didn't want to ruin a Hugo yeah. moment for you because, you know, it's I'm, that's your yeah, boy. Of course. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> I might have even been a little ahead of you guys, but it was yeah. just what an episode. Just fantastic television. I mean, this is what we play for. This is yes. what I will get into everything. And I guess it's probably not even worth it to start without. We'll just move into favorite yeah. moments and then we'll get to where we want to go so we don't muck up our structure that we've worked so hard to create over these nine episodes 10 episodes so favorite moment does anyone want to go first because i it. totally can i'm gonna cheat pretty much and just kendall's speech for me just fantastic i mean just sums up why i love kendall's character so much mm-hmm. it's i mean and, and cheating in the sense that like it's kind of stealing almost the whole episode because of it's such an interesting moment in his episode journey. Kendall's story, I feel like, is always everyone's story, I guess, in the show is very episodic in the sense that like you start the episode low and you end it high, or you start it <laughs> high and you end it low, and it just is like that week to week to week. And Kendall was so low, gets put on the spot and just shines like he only it really only he does, it seems like, in these types of moments. And then obviously things changed a little bit towards the end of the episode for him, but the speech was just so good. The acting is fucking fantastic. Just the number one boy stepping up. I, it doesn't get much better for me. <laughs> yeah. I said to Kathleen earlier, I, it kind of makes me sad for Kieran. If he submits for lead actor too. I mean, he's done incredible. And you know, you pointed out that that is, you know, kind of an honor in and of itself to even be able to go into that category. But when you see Jeremy do that shit, when you see Kendall do that shit, you're just like, it's in the bag. It's signed, yeah. sealed, delivered. It's already at his house. Like, you know, I'll get to my moments too. But yeah, that, you know, that stands out to me. Yeah, but Kieran weeping yeah, and that freaking was out too. They, they're they all so good. And Tom's little moment, it's, he was barely in the episode and still I can go next because uh, I'm not sure I have three 
<laughs> I have so 30. many too. So I'm gonna do I'm gonna do Chiv and Tom just because again, Tom had very, very limited screen time after having a lot of screen time last episode. And this moment of them after such carnage in the last few episodes, having this moment where Shiv is looking at him and is like, oh, oh fuck. And his breakdown about Logan, that that few words, we were crying. We were already crying from Roman, so the tear ducts were for wide open. So I just thought it was excellent. He really he really used the screen time they gave him and and was excellent. And Shiv's warm moment there, which are few and far between, all starting from when Tom goes, fuck me, man, your mom. Like, it, it's like <laughs> even even these two who like despise each other in these moments can all agree like this mom fucking blows yeah. <laughs> and they can bond over it. But damn, that was mine. I have so many. This episode is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, go ahead. You go next. Well, I know I agree. Karen's acting out of this world, the whole thing. I mean, they're going to get whatever cast ensemble, whatever they are <laughs> just mopping the floor. Um, and it's just beautiful. It's art. I had you in speech as my ranked highest because, again, I've been thirsty for that Logan origin story. And I think he like says a lot of harsh truths, but he's not entirely shitting on him. He does his UN thing, right? Where he's like, I don't agree with this, but he's still my brother. Like, I still claim him. And I, I think that the writing in all of those uh, eulogies was fucking beautiful. So that, that stood out to me for sure. It was very difficult. Like, obviously, we're saying we all have a ton of moments. But when he stood up, I was hype. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be so good, whatever he says. And, yeah, it did not disappoint. Did you guys listen to the official podcast? Yeah. Him on it. Yeah. Ewan's actor. Actually, I don't remember what his name is. But he was great on it. He, he was dropping so many F-bombs, too, just, like, casually. I thought it was hilarious. But it was crazy that he was like, I like I was dealing with long COVID. Like, I had my memory. My short-term memory was shot. So I was like worrying a lot about whether I was going to be able to, you know, remember all of these lines. And then they come and tell me that it's just going to be continuous takes one after another after another. And he was like, I'm fucked. And then he went up there and it, it ended up working out. Obviously, it was a great moment in the episode. Yeah. I mean, them doing the continuous takes thing again, four cameras. It's just incredible. And again, the same exact director. So a lot of through threads here. And I think it's just truly incredible stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, I love the when he was talking about the multiple cameras and saying that one was trained on just reactions because I noticed it so much, I guess, obviously after because I watched the after episode and then watched the episode again. Mm -hmm. And it's so wild how much is actually going on in all the pews, but like probably didn't get caught sometimes like the Greg looking, continue looking over to them after you and speaks like Mencken's little smile as Kendall's speaking, yep. you know, I Alexander Skarsgård's name is Matson in the show and his, <laughs> his reaction as well, like a little smirk, like it's all that stuff's going on in the background. Carl's looking at Frank and they're all having moments and it's just such an interesting thing to think about. Carl's always smirking. He's a smug bitch. He's cutting oh. to camera. He's like Dwight or something out of the office is I the energy so he gave, much. but it it feels like a play almost, you know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know a better way to describe it, but mm -hmm. capturing all the things that are happening at once. Everything's only happening at the same time. Yeah. I'm glad you guys picked those two because those are obviously the acting powerhouses of the episode. That that whole spiel of Kieran breaking down into Jeremy Strong into James Cromwell is his name. And yeah, that was that was really impressive. And that's something we were wanting. That's what we said in our hype up video. We were like, we need the villain origin story, as you said. Happy to have it. Rose has been the name's been thrown out a lot over the course of the series and we never knew and devastating story makes sense right yeah. I mean the whips marks on his back from his aunt and uncle who were 
characters and and not good people and and being blamed for his little sister dying and all the stuff doesn't mean you're you should be as bad as logan roy was but happy to have the story um it's, it's just beautiful it's so good logan he was still just such a big character in this episode especially during this funeral stuff when roman breaks down and it's like, is he in there? And yeah. you're just like, oh, that was another one of those moments for me. Is he in there? Can we get him out? <laughs> yeah. And especially the way he does his voice, too. It's just like, it was so real. It felt so like I was literally watching like a YouTube video of of someone. And they, they even talk about it in the episode how it, like the video goes viral, which is obviously unfortunate. Yeah, it's circulating. <laughs> but yeah, no, that it's was... It's being circulated. That was unbelievable acting. There were so many great like not moments like things that were happening but so many good shots i thought in this episode like i feel like i really felt myself being like whoa that is such a great yeah. like powerful shot like when they're all in the limo and you get the first shot it's just pure silence and it's just kendall's a little blurry moping in the back and shiv is looking out the one window Rome's looking at the other i was like oh this is a great shot and then all three of them their their reaction to you in speech like another great shot like it was just there was a lot of that where i was like oh my god this is so fucking love this show yeah, we get another amazing backdrop, right? We always talk about when they go on on set, whatever, to Italy and Sweden yeah. and this and that. But this is in their home fronts in New York still. and But gorgeous. This is where like real life, really big people have their funerals. And so it's nice that Logan got a send off that was, what did they call it? A, a, whatever the phrase is oh, on the episode he died. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like a Reagan dude Reagan wedding. Reagan with tweaks. Reagan with tweaks. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, that was a good callback. That was a good way yeah, to remember that. Exactly. Yeah. And also a funny thing when you were saying like Logan was a character in this episode, reading that Brian Cox like insisted that he was on set those days so that like there nice. wasn't any didn't spoilers in the sense that like he wasn't there. Like there was paparazzi pictures of him at the church, like before the season. So it wasn't like spoiling that he wasn't there. So if it was a funeral, no one knows who it was because he yeah. was on set. That's yeah, incredible. Exactly. I did yeah. not didn't read that. Love that. He earned his paycheck. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Well, hey man, good for him. Honestly, whatever they paid him, it was worth it to keep the spoilers out. So all right. We can move now into favorite quotes. Now there's a lot. So I went first with moment, so I'm gonna I'm gonna be the coward and as you guys both point at each other to try to go next. Okay, so I'm gonna say, um, well, if it wasn't such a total fucking disaster, it would be a dream come true. <laughs> That's a good one. Again, my moment was Tom, my my quote was Tom. He really did a lot. But man, it's just a little piece of humor and like an episode that's really intense and good. And, and they're just laughing at a situation that's really bleak. So a good one by Tom. I have, oh, I have more, but going to let you guys go and then we'll rapid fire them. That's what I get for letting you go first. <laughs> yeah. Was that but, yours? Yeah. I mean, that's my number one. It just was like the right, like punchline type thing in this very otherwise sad episode. Um, the levity was there with Tom, of course, but I, then I have, um, they're more like partial quotes, but it was the moments of each. So like when Kendall is laying into Roman like unexpectedly and he's like, yeah. well, that's because you fucked it. <laughs> Thought your dad tried to dad it. Fucked it. I was like, I was like, he is literally like I'm having flashbacks to his birthday and Roman just fucking kicking him and kicking him. And I'm yeah. like, he got his, he got his in. Yeah. He um, was really twisting the screws in on him. He was, which was to the wild. point where when Roman was running out the room, I was like, I looked at her. I was like, I'm going to be sick. Is he jumping off the balcony? Like I started to panic. Oh, 
but he just wanted to get his ass beat. So whatever, that's his kink. Yeah, yeah somehow. Yeah, somehow that ended up not being the worst possible outcome. Yeah, which is just yeah. wild. Yeah, I wrote down a lot, but I'm I'm just gonna do the the whole conversation between Kendall and Hugo of just Big H, how you doing? And just goes on to say, you know what I mean? Like the scraps will be millions, but like I I need a dog, and Hugo <laughs> just ends it with Wolf Wolf. Just perfect, especially like the meaning behind it. Kendall just continuing to become this killer. The the story of this single episode of him, I thought was just so good in that moment. Like, and especially because it it opens with Big H, how you doing? First of all, never called him Big H. I feel like they all resent Hugo and talk shit on Hugo. <laughs> so I love that he comes up with that little nickname and then just proceeds to drop basically just a missile strike in the middle of the memorial service of like we're going after everyone you know like people may love you but they fuck you it's just like everything was just like i was hype after it i was like let's go like he's portraying his siblings who are all currently mourning their father and that's what the show does to you but i was like fucking hype about it so my backup is um i had kind of two but one is more because of carl because carl's that guy but when Kendall reuses Carl's dick line to Roman, I thought it was hilarious because I was just like pointing at the screen like, that's the line. That's Carl. <laughs> and then um, because Carl knows a thing about it, a thing or two. And then um, the other one is Carl again is you and going, you can get a little high and a little mighty when you're warm, which first of all, I like that. And that kind of sums up Ewan's character and why he thinks what he thinks about Logan. But I like that it cuts to Carl. And Carl like kind of rolls his eyes. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, That's, fuck you. When he dude. goes full Dwight, he's like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought that was just so perfect. Oh, and then a fourth one, because I'm I'm going to be a sucker. It's the same thing when Kendall's like, he made me and my three siblings. And then it cuts to Caroline and she rolls her eyes yes. too, <laughs> which I thought was really funny. The Hugo thing is interesting because at first I'm like, well, of course he's going to do this. He's indebted to him because his fucking daughter was inside trading and Kendall got rid of that for him. Right. But I actually do think that Kendall or that big H would be like, yeah, let's fucking go. Let's ride. He's just ready to hitch his wagon onto somebody yeah. who's going to make a millions and Kendall's promising it. So, um, and it's definitely not going to be Roman. Roman's always just like to Frank's like, not my dad. He's a fuck you, Hugo. Yeah. Like every single person, if it's not Jerry, he doesn't want anything to do with it. Hugo's just his water boy. Yeah. Um, and while we're talking about that, Kendall enlisting Hugo, I want to talk about uh, him enlisting Colin as well. I wanted to get your opinion on that, because for me, just really quickly, I, I didn't think that Ken- Colin would want to go for that because Logan doesn't really like Kendall and Colin rode for Logan hard and Colin knows he killed a man and Colin, you know, there's a lot of things that I was surprised that he was so like, let's ride immediately. That's that's such a thing in the moment. The the killing the waiter thing is something I always forget about, even though it's such a huge thing and it was such a crazy moment in the show. But yeah, I mean, the first watch, I didn't even consider that Colin was privy to that info. I th- I did think his reaction was a little weird. Like it was obviously like a, oh, like, haha, in the moment, you know, when you like talking to like maybe your boss and you're just like put on yeah. that customer service face and laugh and stuff, you know, that kind of shit. That's kind of what it felt like. And then he didn't look like excited or anything afterwards. So I like, the look that he gave Kendall afterwards, I thought was weird, but I like, I mean, like if it works out, I like the idea of it. I mean, I like, you know, Kendall putting on Logan's old suit of armor basically and going to battle with Colin. Like they said in the official podcast, I like the way they put that. I like the idea of it, but yeah, I think Kendall, it almost feels like Kendall is now forgetting that he killed someone <laughs> or like, or like played, at least played a role in someone dying and it being covered up. And like 
forgetting that all of these people know it. I mean, he definitely forgot in that like season three arc when he was on the like li- like being a crusader, like a woke boy. Like he absolutely also needs the face yeah. of justice and like riding the ship at Waystar. I'm like, yeah. you literally have blood on your hands, but go off, I guess. So the juice is loose, baby. I think Colin just kind of smiled, nod. You know, he knows yep. how to work these people. Mm-hmm. And he'll figure, I mean, it was like a threat coming from Kendall. Like, why are you talking to someone? Like, what are yeah. you saying? Like, oh, he didn't approach it in a way that was like, I'd really like to work with you because you work with my dad. He was like, yeah. why are you talking to a shrink? Which is like incredibly invasive. So I think Colin is just nodding and then is like, okay, what do I do about this? Yeah. There was something we've never talked about on this podcast is uh, an iconic scene when Alex was talking about when when Kendall is storming Waystar and interrupts the big meeting and puts that song on and all that stuff. So good. There's a moment where Kendall is in the in the office and Colin just walks in and stares him down. Like, I know what you did. You're really going to come in here and do something? It's like a really good moment. That's Colin, right? Yeah, he said, I know you. Yeah. He looked into his soul. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe he knows what he's getting into or he's just going to figure it out. And part of me thinks that Kendall's just like, you know, this guy knew my dad, liked my dad. I, I need a friend. I don't have any friends right now. We can get into the Jess stuff. We can get into the Rava stuff. But in general, like, yeah, he needs a friend. He was Logan's guy. Kendall, as much as he like, you know, whatever his dad, he he respects the hell out of him. And Colin was his guy. So I think he wants a friend. He wants who Logan had. And, and, and it would be nice for him to have Colin in his pocket because he does know about the murder. So. Yeah, I don't think it would be crazy. And again, we only have one episode, so it's tough, even though it is like an hour and a half episode. If like it gets revealed almost through Colin in the finale that Logan actually held Kendall in this kind of slightly higher esteem in, in this similar mm-hmm. way that we find out about Logan's backstory through you and not a direct parallel, but kind of in that sense that like Logan would have never said it to anyone himself. So he need it needs to be said by other people who know you know, I, I like don't someone think that he would be confided crazy. in. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, he, I mean, they show us. I mean, I'm sorry to step over you, but they've, sh- they show us, they showed us that Logan kind of got that way with Colin. I mean, that was, it was a little shocking to us because we had never really seen it before, but it makes sense. The bodyguard angle and stuff. So I, yeah, I don't think it would be, it wouldn't be like completely out of left field and like no basis in it. If we find out that like, logan in the finale because Rhea says to him at some point in season two right like it's you like it's always been you she i mean how much does she actually know but i think colin saying something like that i feel like would hit a lot harder and would be pretty crazy for the finale i thought you were gonna say he was gonna reveal like what kendall did his his crimes (laughs) because i'm sitting here wondering like will will shiv pull that card i don't think roman would but like but I also don't know how she could without seeming almost like uh, an accomplice or what is it? I don't know, like implicating herself in knowing that he admitted to this. But like, is there a way to leak? Is there a way to unearth and kind of reverse the trajectory that Logan put it on with the family? I, I've always wondered if any of them would play that card to win out against him. Yeah, it would feel, I don't know. I think like, how would you feel? Do you think if it doesn't even get mentioned in the finale? I mean, to me, it'd be such a, there's no coming back from that. They do a lot of fucked up shit to each other, but like you yeah. might risk derailing the whole thing also, right? Like is yeah. the risk too high for the reward? I wouldn't be shocked if it didn't. And I wouldn't be like, why the fuck didn't it? You know, I think yeah. some secrets are buried. Some things are family yeah. secrets. Yeah. So, but could be interesting. 
Could be interesting. Yeah. Really I could think be. it'll come up. That's just me. Yeah. All right. We want to move. I mean, we obviously talk about his personal life. I mean, we're, we're just obviously rolling with Kendall right now, right? Yeah. Personal life, shaky. To put it kindly. Shaky. <laughs> to put it kindly, shaky. Like, oh my oh, gosh. It's I mean, so this bad. What I kind of said it when I was talking about my moment is starts the episode so low. I mean, geez. Obviously, his, it's daddy's funeral. He's a little messed up, but he always has these, or it seems like he always has these <laughs> moments in public. It's always on the sidewalk in New York City. That he just has these like very terrible conversations where he is such an asshole. And I mean, the one I guess is is the board meeting was the first one, which is hilarious. It's, it's obviously a bit separate from his clashes with Raba, but he just looks like such an asshole because he is an asshole. But it's just funny that it just happens on the sidewalk in front of so many people. On one hand, you know, it is his father's funeral. Any other person in the world, if your ex-wife is taking the kids away and they don't get to go to their grandfather's funeral. I I get it. I feel you. But <laughs> Kendall did this. Kendall assured. And I mean, it's a presidential election, right? It's not fully Kendall's thing that the Mencken yeah. and Jimenez political battle was that close. Right. But he looked at Rava and on the phone with Soph and said, listen, I got you. They're saying Jimenez, whatever. And then he had a gigantic hand in ATN spitting out. It's it's Mencken, right? So he did this. And so you quickly get over that. You feel bad for him and say, Jesus Christ. And when he's trying to get custody, you're like, dude. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah like, buddy, you forget you have kids. Everyone's punchline for you is you forget you have children. So all the money in the world aren't, I don't think, going to win on this one. Yeah, um, no way. And Shiv, I mean, I mean, I don't know how much stock in a court of law, but she wrote like penned that open letter essentially that was like he's a deadbeat father, yep. never with his kids. Like it, it's just, I mean, that's just the delusion of Kendall on full display. Everyone knows he was a drug addict too, which will play yeah. against him. But I mean, he'll do this thing where he ties it up in gourds and he spends a bajillion dollars that Rava maybe can't. Like he'll just, you know. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, or he moves on to the yeah. next thing tomorrow, but he felt slighted in the moment. And I think with Jess, I wrote it down, like, he always pushes and picks. Like, it, people are like, let's revisit that, or don't worry, and he's like, fixate. So he freaking, his anxiety just, like, goes into overdrive, and he fixates and pushes issues, and sometimes creates them out of, like, nothing as well, yeah. you know? it's And you're right, it's always in the goddamn streets. He's it out is. here airing his dirty laundry out in the streets. Always. And I can understand him being like well now i'm thinking a million things so i would prefer you just tell me instead of waiting till tuesday but then you can't get mad at her for telling you on the day he's like oh today of all days jess like really whatever and it was like dude you made her tell you like what are you talking about that was i literally wrote in my in my notes fuck off Kendall." because <laughs> first of all i mean number one rule of succession don't fuck with baby girl don't fuck with jess yeah, <laughs> big time. Yeah, she said, "Baby girl, out. <laughs> this yeah, is too seriously. much." And I respect her, that for her. I respect it. Yeah. Happy they gave her the scene too. I mm-hmm. liked that. It makes sense after the conversation she had with Greg last episode, being like, "Yo, this is happening right now," and contemplating her life. And Kendall says, "You'll never get this much access anywhere else. You're being fucking dumb. This is everyone's being fucking dumb." And he's obviously just having a temper tantrum, but. Sometimes you're in a situation where, yeah, you may have a lot of perks and things in your job and make it paid a lot. It's like, I will take the pay cut. I will take it. 
yeah. anything less so that the psychoticness and me not being linked up to this horrible, horrible thing, it's all it's worth it to like yeah. go down a little peg for, you know, work life balance. <laughs> I saw something hilarious that was like Jess's LinkedIn must be like insane. Like she must be, you know, with like presidents and politicians, like literally everything. Like she's rubbed shoulders with so many people that she will be perfectly fine. Plain doctors. Yeah. yeah. The finest plain doctors in the world. Yeah. Kendall's um, just only because it's right after this scene. But when they're he's talking to Shiv, because this is like right when he goes into church and the delusion continues because he literally says so many fucking money changers in the temple. You are like the richest person in the room, dude. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, he's such a clown. I love him, though. <laughs> he is. Um, before we probably wrap, Kendall, I want to say on the pod that Jeremy Strong's part when he gave uh, the actress for Jess, Juliana Canfield, her flowers, I thought that was really great. I mean, he's, you know, I think he gets painted in a light that's like he's in his own world and he's just in the character and doesn't engage. So I thought that was like a very nice a surprising thing to hear from him though everyone loves jess is the moral of the story yeah, they do. Oh, for sure for sure yeah it's funny it's like you know i can forgive him for being an asshole to pretty much everyone else <laughs> but like he was doing to jess and i was like ah fuck you dude literally <laughs> last episode i was like the only protagonist we have is jess <laughs> yeah the only one left i feel like that it's easy to root for and jerry and she's logging off <laughs> and jerry and yeah. they're they're both out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're both checking out. Good for them. So, Kendall, I think he's shoring up some stocks. Like, I think professionally, he's got a, a plan that makes it plausible for for everyone who has stock in him. Yeah. Um, per personally, he'll never have good stocks personally. <laughs> no, no. No. Personally, it's always in the gutter. But when you, when you buy in, you accept that for sure. It's just the Mankin thing is just weird. I don't know where it's actually at. It feels like it's in a bad spot, but I feel like. Again, when it's things back against the wall, Kendall kind of prevails yeah. in these type of business situations sometimes. So I, I could see it being a very good opportunity for him. I mean, he was like very obvious that after the funeral, like he was the one at the door, like shaking everyone's hand. Like Roman was not doing that, even though Roman was doing it beforehand. Yeah. And it was just like everyone came up to him. So like that's all there. It's just the making piece is weird. Yeah, I think before this episode, the Mencken piece was almost assured, like after last episode, after the election, and that Shiv scene happens with the Roy boys, it's brutal. You're like, damn, she just lost right then and there. Yeah, Like I said, Shiv walking out of that building last episode, I was like, she's walking up her stonks. I knew it. But I think the point is that it went from being a sure thing to still very plausible that Mencken goes with the Roy boys, but now the Mats and Shiv angle grew. So I don't, it's not yeah. like the stonks are down. There's no way it's going to happen, but now it's kind of like a 50, 50 shot. I have no freaking idea what's going to happen. Well, he's going to the board. That's his plan. So he doesn't need the government to shut it down. If he can get everyone else inside to, to debt it, you know what I mean? So I'm just saying, I'm not saying it could work, Good but point. I'm saying he's a man with a plan and he seems like, very focused and that's when kendall kind of can maybe make things actually happen we'll sure. see baby all right we want to move to shivy the shiv or the other ce bro go ce bro ce bro um, i'm gonna say my two quick quotes that i had from him mm -hmm. that i didn't get to say which is the worst incest stuff ever is oh my i'm pregnant is it mine if I see you breastfeed i'm gonna have to jerk off and then he says should we bone again it's like no brother in the whole world Makes these jokes none. 
not we all have brothers you are the brother we have brothers there's no way in the fucking world i, uh, I can't imagine jimmy making that joke <laughs> ew <laughs> no it's so foul i can't they really jimmy. leaned into it John Jimmy, um, they really <laughs> lean into it like crazy now. It used to be little tiny things where he would just like make comments about maybe her having sex with someone else, which is weird enough where you're like, mm, I don't really need to know anything about that or whole like make comments about her body. But not this, not like f- fully being like, should we bone again? Kid number two. <laughs> yeah. So I just needed to mention that because yuck, Roman. And then second is. This was in the uh, preview for the episode that came out after last episode. And it was just the see Shivy cry, see Kenny lie, see Roman the showman light up the sky. And I was literally said to her, I'm like, Danny Elfman wrote this, like the guy who wrote Nightmare Before Christmas. This is a Nightmare Before <laughs> Christmas lyric, which I'm obsessed with. But I'm like, what kind of goofy ass like Jesse Armstrong was really just like, I'm going to do something goofy (laughs) whimsical i really could i just wanted to give it props because either the way it was written plus the way kieran colkin like did the line read i I was really intrigued by it and i i remember saying last episode after that being the preview like oh my god romans thinks he's like like he thinks he owns the world he's on top of the world all this stuff and and he was in the beginning right we can now just go right into roman they right in the beginning they show Shiv watching the news and it, she's like all worried and concerned and then they shift to Roman watching the same newscast in his apartment. He's just like, yeah. he's like, I'm the man, I am the man. Don't don't yeah. I remind you of him a little bit? Like it's so goofy and and it was great. He did great, but man, how the mighty have fallen, how the turntables. Yeah, it was rough. It was definitely rough. And I think the line, the second line you called out. Uh, the irony of it, I think, is perfect too, because it l- almost the exact opposite happened. Yeah. Shiv probably, well, she, I mean, Shiv actually was honest in that she told everyone that she was pregnant, and Kendall didn't cry. He actually lit up the sky, and Roman cried. So it's actually <laughs> it's that up. literally everything was Double. wrong. Yeah, <laughs> everything was wrong. It's a mixed bag with them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think last week was like the first glimmer of hope for his stocks in a while, but I think we, I don't we left it on the potter i kept saying to you i'm like you think megan's gonna keep his fucking word he doesn't need them and people never respect these two it's never a word kept it's not the same you know yeah. so uh, it, he was whatever he had was like a, he was holding on to something but it wasn't anything very strong so this just i think cemented the the l for roman unless something really fucking crazy happens that they're not even alluding to in in the trailer yeah it is interesting that I mean, we've talked about it before. I feel like it's kind of a common thought that Roman seems to have the best like business instincts almost, but doesn't really obviously doesn't act in any way you would think of as a as a high level professional, to say the least. But um yeah, it was it was kind of weird that not weird, but I guess making like making turning on them was or even not even fully turning on them, which felt kind of obvious in the aftermath. Because Kendall even says to him, like, we have no leverage. Like if Megan isn't on our side there's literally nothing we can do like yeah. we, we can't hold anything over him like we already did the part that he needs and now it's over so like they I, I don't even think i really realized it in the last episode of how much trust they were actually just really placing in him yeah like they were he could easily just not do whatever he wants and they, they handed already, him the, the election yeah, exactly. <laughs> they, they lost all their leverage a second they they mm-hmm. like literally fucked everything for him 
And I don't know that he respects it. Like, obviously he's like, thank you. And I'll be on my way now. It didn't like yeah. earn him respect or anything that he felt he had to return, which is like a dangerous person generally <laughs> to be in charge. Yeah. I guess it's just classic Roy kind of entitlement and thinking overly highly of themselves. Like just assuming, obviously, like, you know, we're the Roy's like he'll, he'll hold up his end of the bargain for sure. But he ain't the daddy. He ain't. And Roman is such a masochist. Like Logan wasn't there to beat him up after his yeah. his bad day. And so he's like, let me just go and get beat up. I mean, it's a classic. It's a trope, right? Some I got it's mostly men. They fuck up in an episode. They do something. And so they provoke someone in a bar. They provo- or they provo- go walk into a bunch of rioters that are specifically targeting him. You know? yeah. And it's funny because it really doesn't seem like they even notice it's him, but he is provoking them and and he's like, you don't know anything. You have no idea. You have no idea. It was, it was hard to watch. And me and Al, like we said earlier, we were a little scared. But as soon as he was outside, we were like, okay, I thought he was going to walk in front of a bus. I didn't know what was going to happen. Jeez. I was really scared. But uh, yeah, Roman songs are definitely down. But good on Kieran Culkin. Really good performance, unfortunately. I don't know how, how Roman would turn it around at this point. Um, so I basically what Kendall's saying doubling down as being like does Manka just think Roman's a pussy now because of yeah. how he was weeping like he calls him what is he calling like tiny tears or something like that so yeah. like he basically was like mm, this is who I'm backing this is who my guy's gonna be tiny tears Roman Roy nah but he was smiling at Kendall so and they yeah. are the Roy boys so it was very interesting I'm not sure but in the same vein of I don't want to switch to Shiv yet but in the same vein where Menken, it's like, can we trust him? And it's also Matson saying, I think I'm all right with the US CEO. It's like, okay, well, say it's Shiv. Get it yeah. on paper. You know, I, I don't know that it's Shiv. It ain't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's gonna be the biggest gag, but yeah. um, it's too good of a thing for, for any of them to have that sealed of a deal, essentially. But I think Menken sees a little bit in Kendall in that speech, like, oh. I relate to that. Like the delusional guy (laughs) is jumping out and he's like, Oh yeah. Like visions of grandeur. Yeah. Love that for me. Love. That's the kind of guy I can, can, can rally with, you know, it was so pro capitalism, pro corporation, pro, you know what I mean? Like doing things by the force of your own will, just Mm -hmm. because, you know, you want to and have that ambition. And yeah, that totally aligns. Anyone can do it. Anyone can. We're all positioned to just do yeah, that. Yeah, okay. that totally aligns with Megan. I mean, like I said, I guess at this at the the top of the show, like the with the crowd shots, like his smile was just so like little devilish, impish, you know, just yeah. like knew that he's just like a motherfucker why he was uh, appreciating Kendall's speech so much. Mm-hmm. For sure. Okay. Do we now want to move to Shiv? I mean Roman, Shiv it's the just Shiv? professionally and personally he obviously is just in a a terribly rough spot very 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 tough episode for him yeah and sorry to kathleen's investment in him no mine oh i'm sorry yeah you're the best boy true i invested in the best boy true like i said i didn't even want to win if it's him after last week so (laughs) i forgot (laughs) yeah i'm in a good place baby boy kendall roy yeah good for you okay shiv shiv She's up, baby. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would say yeah. for sure. I was nervous in the church when she's dealing with Matson so much because I was just like getting this like, oh man, she's so wildly overconfident again. Like, is she pushing these buttons correctly? Is she going too hard? And I'm curious to get your guys' take on her eulogy. Well, I, for one, 
of course, because I'm a Shiv stan. I was hoping that Shiv got the big speech. Kendall, of course, was going to get the speech, right? We weren't surprised by that. But when they were taking care of Roman in the moment, all four of them, or all three of them taking care of him, I wasn't sure who was going to walk up. Of course, it's not Connor, even though he had one written down. But for legal reasons, I guess not. But I I wanted it to be Shiv. I'm glad she got her piece. And it was good. I don't think it had anything to do with business. You know, it wasn't for her business interests. Whereas Kendall's can be taken, like you said, with Mankin or whoever to be like, damn, what a badass. Okay, let's go. Shiv really, I think, just wanted to get up and do a eulogy. And since Ewan, like, you know, fucked Logan so hard, she wanted to show the other side and say her piece at least. Say goodbye to Logan. I I, I really liked it. I mean, the whole point is like it was hard being his daughter. He couldn't see a whole woman. I mean, you get the four of them sitting right there in the front row that know it though it well. So I thought it was really good. I wanted her to have the triumphant one though, but of course, got to be Kendall. What'd you call the ladies? The wives and side pieces? Oh no, the brunette quartet. Oh, that's good. Thank you. Yep, you didn't say it earlier, and I I was displeased. That was my other moment, by the way. Uh, It wasn't going to be Shiv and Tom. Was going to be that. It was. It was iconic. It was. Um. What? What was I gonna say? Oh, there was one weird part with Shiv's thing that was. I don't know if I could classify it as businessy, but when Kendall comes down, she's like, okay, like you didn't say the, you didn't say the office thing. And like, I got it. We have to, we have to, like, it was part of their narrative. And I don't know what that is other than like, we've been in the vicinity and we listened in and we, yeah. it's family, pick a Roy. Like I, that's a, like, it was a little bit careerist in that way, but, but I mean, in my executive summary, I felt it was mostly a goodbye, but I think she got up there with the intent of like needing to say that part for whatever fucking reason they think that's a sell. I don't know that he comes out and yells at you and tells you to fuck off. Like, I don't know how that's a sell, but, um, yeah, I did find that part a little interesting and and kind of questionable in her motives. Yeah. I think maybe the show has given me some brain worms and how I interpret it because I totally thought it like she like saw how well Kendall did and felt like threatened almost honestly maybe yeah and it just I mean like obviously some very great lines that she made some good points it's just funny that like again if you take it boil it down like she jumped up there and was basically like my dad was a terrible sexist (laughs) so So she bombed it she fucked it that's what like and again I mean that's just what it felt like to me when I first watched it. I just thought it was funny because I was just like, I, like obviously there's an emotional part to it. She wants to say some things and she wants to eulogize her father, but it felt like it came off to me. Just look at the looks on her eyes. I texted you guys while watching like so many Sarah Snook looks in this episode. Like she just, it, she throws so many different faces around and it's up yes. to us to interpret them. And I was totally interpreting her looks as like feeling a little threatened by Kendall and feeling like she had to also get up there and show something. The one I'm thinking of is when Kendall says, well, I hope it's in me when he says the thing about like all the things about him. And then and he's like, well, I hope that's in me. And she was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I, so, yeah, maybe maybe that's maybe the moment. And another Shiv look really quick is when when Tom's talking to her about the baby or whatever. And I forget what it was, but she looks at him and then starts rolling his eyes, her eyes kind of. And then is like, oh, you're really exhausted because he starts like weeping because he's like, I'm sorry, I couldn't be here. And she was like, it's fine. Just like gives a little like eyes rolling back of her head. And then she kind of pulls it back a little bit because she saw he was like really hurting. But um, but yeah, let's just talk Shiv business because 
I feel like I was giving her props last episode for being like, at least she's on the good side. She wants Jimenez and whatever. And now she's just like, who the fuck cares as long as I'm on top? Yep. Yep. <laughs> it's brutal Literally. shift, man. Exactly. She doesn't give a shit. <laughs> that is exactly where she's at right now. She, <laughs> I want to respect our audience is what, yeah. is, you know, the way she, the PC way she said it, but she doesn't give a fuck. And I mean, hey, the brothers obviously don't give a fuck. And she's fighting for that same spot that they are. So, I mean, in her mind, she's got to fight the way they fight. Maybe she's playing the long con, right? You got to get it, get in there now or never. And maybe after that, you can, maybe you can fix things, maybe. But who's to fucking say? But yeah, I think that it's evident that they're all, you know, attempting the killer instinct that Logan thinks none of them had, right? Or at least he didn't think Kendall had. And to me, that is Shiv's ultimate shedding of like, they're all like kind of shedding their own identities, whatever they sort of cultivated to attempt to embody him and in mm. the best way. Cause that's the only person that could take that place as someone who can take on the, le- the like lack of fucks given, but also giving them in the right place, I guess, for lack of a better mm. phrase. Yeah. I, I mean, she like the numbers advice that she gives of like, drop it now. I mean, feels obvious, but like, nailed it like that was good like she was making moves that worked out really well i mean the she did great it was very smooth and how she got Mankin away from yeah. everyone else like that was so smooth and she rolled in there and she got you know the face-to-face with Matson. and i feel like she has consistently shown Matson that she's capable he's just doesn't seem like it's gonna matter to him so much which is tough for her yeah, agreed. I it's weird because I genuinely think he does respect her opinion and like her, yeah. but then I who knows, but I remember I think Kyle was the one who said in the episode 7, the pre-election, the tailgate party, you were saying that maybe or you, I don't know, said oh, come that on. May, you can't I think do it was that Kyle. I give everybody the look. <laughs> I think it was Kyle. I'm said celebrating that over you here. thought maybe Eva was personally or not, or not personally, oh, purposely dropping information to Kendall and them, just whatever. Yeah. But in this episode, Eva is a narc. Eva is just the one who told Hugo, who who told Kendall that yep. they had an in. So Eva's feels actually bad, like full bad. But I mean, again, it can always be that. But why would why would Matson want Kendall and Roman to know that the plan? You know. Yeah. I mean, maybe she really snapped at that party, right? She's the double agent now, maybe. I I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Which is perfectly fine. I mean, I either storyline, I think, with her, again, I'm just so nervous. And not really, it's not even really nervous. It's just there's only one episode left. Well, and also, anytime anyone gets an upper hand, it's swiftly gone, right? I think we always have apprehension. We're like, we want to cheer them on, but we know to like hedge our bets because the other shoe will drop, so to speak. It keeps happening time and time again. So it it seems too good to be true, right? If it seems that way, then it absolutely is for any of them, particularly Shiv. But I think she's really good at optics. She's good at the narrative and she can make good calls when she's not like feeling backed against the wall or like, she's being disrespected or you know what i mean she's pushing for like from her ego like when she lets all that go she's playing a long game it seems to be working but yeah i think madsen just doesn't give a shit doesn't give a shit leaks things doesn't give a shit if it's shiv he just wants money he just wants his fucking money and like whatever he'll nod and smile his way to that yeah like they all will i guess pasta privacy baby 
That's really all that matters. And I, I think he cares a lot. Maybe not cares a lot, but he's totally going to, I think, use the pregnancy as an excuse. Yeah. Which is very unfortunate for her because if yeah. that was not happening, I feel like she would be killing it right now. Wonder how he found out exactly. I mean, it's so funny when the mom and her are just speaking in looks and she's like, blimey. Well, oh, okay. And then yeah. she, I think Shiv says like, thank you. And Carolyn goes, exactly. Like, it's so yeah. funny. The conversation was great. And even later when she, then Shiv turns it on her mom and is like, you don't like have to spend time with them. They don't, you know, like, it yeah, yeah really I'll raise good. it the family way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice little dig. I, Madsen probably knows from Greg because Greg knows everything from Tom and Greg's like double dipping in the Madsen pool. Oh, yeah. He's, he's working every angle. He's gregging overtime right now. He really in overdrive. Is. <laughs> that is exactly what he is doing. It's so interesting. There's so much. Now I'll save it until we get to there's, about Greg, but there's like, um, a lot of trust or just like not as much carefulness with things in this group that is kind of like crazy to me. Like, you know, yes. like trust is currency, but like people have never really earned it, but they keep sharing information with each other and not like double checking, not yeah. like proceeding with caution. And I just find that very interesting. Again, maybe it's that like privilege thing and like kind of just thinking that you have it in the bag or that like people are on your side and, Again, I might be from an ego perspective, but I have found that interesting. It's like, wouldn't you learn to stop telling stuff to Greg or wouldn't you learn yes, to exactly. like shoo him away? Like, I I don't know. They man. try. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about Tom kind of combined with Shiv for most of the yeah. season. Do the same thing here. I wrote that of like, I feel like Tom trusts Greg too much, which feels weird to say at this point. But I mean, he sends him to the funeral and Greg's just you know, obviously maneuvering for himself at the funeral. Like he doesn't care about Tom when he's out there, like looking for the face to face with Mankin, like with the mats and stuff, like Greg's done the mats and stuff for himself. Like Greg is in with mats in a little bit. I mean, Matson thinks he's a joke, but whatever. Like Tom has gotten no benefit out of Greg and via Matson. It's all these people underestimating the people under them, right? Like yeah. giving them access and then just assuming that they will have their back. Greg, Ebba, like all of that. They think that they're above them betraying them and it really doesn't even occur to them i don't think and mm -hmm. they think that these people are incapable of of doing something that will really jeopardize what, what their plan which is just like shiv the way shiv was so like flippant with greg last episode and just yes, didn't take it seriously example. it's just like they're undermining these people or underestimating them and they are i don't know maybe they'll come out on top who's to say greg my mama put on the board that it's greg so let i've it be known. seen mama, so much what the fuck? I've seen a lot out there that people think that's how it's going to end. That's psychotic. That, like he'll be basically the U.S. CEO that Matson picks. I'll throw up, and my mom will just win. Like an easy puppet. I was trying to think of was that this episode or last episode when Greg walks up and and Matson just goes like, "Hey, sexy" or something this like. Episode. That. Yeah. And he literally say, "Greg starts talking and then interrupts and goes, thank you,' and then <laughs> keeps going." I thought it was so funny. Wow, that might be true and that sucks yeah i don't like I, that people i mean there's some fairly convincing out there that it's either tom or greg i feel like people yeah. were like tom from the Mankin perspective of he's kind of been involved in the company he's obviously wants to suck up to Mankin. he's very you know servile it's in his nature to serve matt's and i think 
knows that a little bit as well. Obviously, mm-hmm. I mean, they had the interaction at the election party where he's like, like you're basically sucking up to me, or like he calls him a brown noser and all that kind of stuff. So I could see that being the conversation that you know he's the puppet that like they just install. Obviously, that's if Megan agrees and goes along and that kind of stuff. So if that ends up being the road the show takes, I don't think it's crazy that you know Tom or God forbid Greg ends up on top. Greg feels too like brand the broken though. Yeah. Yes. Correct. And I feel like HBO would be nervous. Like if they got that script and was like, Hmm. (laughs) So it's Greg. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't think they would stop them necessarily, but I feel like I could already picture the memes of, of Greg's head on brand's body. I trust them. I trust them. Yeah, I agree. If they made it, Greg, I would trust them for it to be in some like insane way, you know. But uh, two Greg things, really. Um, Telling his mom to shut up. We haven't seen her since the pilot, I don't think. But telling his mom to shut up, he is such like a like a 10 foot tall toddler. Like, shut up, mom. Like, whatever. And then after all of that, telling him to stop you and all this stuff being like, his bodyguard to not let him walk up or whatever. He's like, that was a good hard take you gave. Like he's such <laughs> a fucking kiss ass. And then, but like it made me laugh because in a previous season, you and like caught him off for Greenpeace, and then he goes to his lawyers or whatever, and he says like, oh, I'll, no matter what, I'll get five million. And Tom's like, you can't live on five million. Five million is the worst or whatever. And I was like, he yeah. wants that five million so bad. Like he does. It's I mean- like good hard take. <laughs> Five million would be more than enough, I feel like. But Gregging for the five mil. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, Jesus. Okay. I guess, I mean, personal side, though, with Tom and Shiv, felt like a productive conversation. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. They're I mean, back. <laughs> I feel like the way she was looking at him, I even wrote it down. I was like, oh, my God. I like feel like she's like madly in love with this man. Like Just the way she was looking at him, I was like, holy, I don't know if I'm misinterpreting this, but I'm feeling it. They might just stick on that roller coaster. Those two both addicted to it. You know what yeah. I mean? Toxic. Toxic. Yeah. Unless he gets picked. And then I think she'll be like, I'm taking oh this God. baby and sending it from this world. Fuck you. Just shooting it to the moon. No, I I think they're linked together. She's going to have this baby. This is my call for the finale. She's going to have the baby. They're linked together. It may not always be great. It may only be great one more time for the rest of the time. But they'll be, they'll be yeah. together for forever, I think. I really Another- do Another example of the show giving me brain worms is when Tom like rubs his face after she says like, oh, you're exhausted. Like he uses the wedding ring hand. And I was like, I was like, oh, is he doing that on purpose to like flash the wedding ring to like get some more subconscious sympathy? I was like, I, I don't know if I'm reading that too hard or <laughs> that's pretty good. I would never notice. that. I never notice wedding rings, no, but they're all playing the game. So you're right. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Right. It's like they're all what's the strategy? Was that a strategy? Yeah, even was if it a play. We, yeah, maybe wasn't conscious for him. I'm sure it was like almost subconscious. He's like, you know, he has to make that play. Can we pivot to uh, not the cut you off guy? It's it's a Shiv quote that I just really liked. It was like one of the few funny ones is when she looks at Peter and and he's like, he spoke of you often. You were one of his favorites. Like yeah. Shiv says that it's so good, so stupid. Like Peter is such a is such a nobody. Nobody, but but then that could pivot us into the mom. The mom had so many great scenes. Caroline's so good, and we're watching her on Silo right now, which is another great show, yes. and it's great. But uh, and we cover Silo. Go check us out. But all of the Caroline, Marsha, all of that was so good. Marsha with the he broke my heart and he broke your hearts too. It was just ripping me to shreds, and the Sally Ann stuff of it all. I yep. just it was. It's the brunette quartet giving Carrie this moment was everything to me. 
everything to me. Marsha holding her hand. I don't know why it really made that your moment that hyped you up earlier. This was my Super Bowl. I was like, let's go. <laughs> your Hugo moment was my Gary moment for sure. It was wild to see. And I'm so glad that they did that. I, Caroline is such an interesting character. It's almost a shame that she's not in the show more, but maybe it's better that she's not because her moments hit harder because they're yeah. a bit rare. Yeah. God, Logan would hate this. But then yeah. he's like, Elise won't be grinding his teeth tonight. And that's something they would all be like, yeah, actually. No, we do sure. remember that about him. <laughs> I'm shocked we like didn't get the Marsha revenge. And maybe it's not over yet, but I really thought she was going to pull out something for her son, threaten the, what she knows about Kendall. She also knows this. So it ain't over. So maybe next episode is really trying to sure up the Gojo deal. Maybe talking more Will stuff. I I don't know. It'd be there's got to be some some bow tying in some regards. I feel like she kind of already wrapped up her son stuff. I want to say almost when they when Logan was like hiding out in whatever country he was in. They did, like, but this would be her opportunity to get more. In fact, I mean, she already got sixty two out of my boy Connor Roy. <laughs> let's talk about him. Yeah, let's get it. I'm just, I get it. I understand. It just hurts my heart. He just deserves a bigger role in the show. It just makes me sad watching him like get pushed to the side by the three the three wonder kids. It's just tough. I mean, he wrote the speech. It's a great little funny moment, but like he wrote a speech. Like he had a speech ready to go. And in the moment when it was like Roman can't do the speech, he offered the pen that Kendall asked for instead of like really pushing to give his own speech that he had already had written. And that's just my boy Connor Roy, dude, the real dad. The real Roy dad. And it just and it, when they're at the, the mausoleum and he's like, oh, he, oh, Pop never showed you this? Like all yeah, the kind of stuff. He, he right. knows the background behind all of it. Like I just, I fucking love Connor. That made my, like a light bulb go up too. Just that moment when he's like, what? You, you don't, like Logan showed him all of these weird things. Like, yeah. I, you know what I mean? That none of these kids knew about. It's almost as if he knew Connor would have to be the one to do all the logistics of this bullshit because Connor planned the whole damn thing. Yep. And he wrote a speech and yet they wouldn't let him do it even when Roman shit the bed and he's the only one who had one written down. It's just so sad. And Will, I forget what Willa says, but again, only one line in the whole thing and she's just riding for Connor. She's yep. like, this is how we, what we chose is why we did it. Like, or something like that. It's so, so good. good. I love Willa. She looked so good this episode. Her hair is, is really good. Another thing too yeah, is well. that Connor, she never told Connor that she's pregnant. I know he got fucked out of that too. Cause yeah, Connor would probably cry. Yeah. I mean, he'll eventually learn, but like he, you know, wasn't dignified with the, with the news from right from Shiv's mouth. So just another thing to add on of Connor Roy was interested in politics from a young age. And he slide in there to try to talk Slovenia. And I was like, yeah, there you go, Connor. Fucking muscle your way in there, dude. I love his shamelessness too. Greg's being shameless in that scene with Mencken. And then he's like, no worries. I got this. No, no, we're good. We're yeah. good. And just Five keep minutes. sliding in. Yeah. <laughs> and the cryogenic line was uh, great yes. because of course, of course yes. he's, it, he was interested in cryogenics. at a very young yep. age. <laughs> So perfect. But I couldn't <laughs> say no to a top bunk. <laughs> well, like, that's a thing. It's so funny. It's like those four, those four bunks. I'm like, are those for the kids or are those for the four girlies? Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. They're Could for the be. girlies. Top bunk. They're for the they can girlies. flip a coin, the groups. They can flip a coin. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to live in there. That so, was clear. That was clear from their discussion. Yeah, I mean, Roman wouldn't even go in. 
my take with Connor since I was this was my investment before the season is that I'm slightly disappointed and we obviously still have an episode left and we'll see what happens in that episode but I'm not holding out hope at this point or holding my breath for that like watershed Connor's our real dad moment but I feel like it's not been explicitly said but I feel like they've done a lot to show us and I feel like it showed up a lot in this episode with him planning the funeral stepping to the side letting Kendall kind of do the speech he's right there with the pen all that kind of stuff it just I feel vindicated in my thoughts about it. I just wish it was more obvious for everyone so that everyone could be like, yeah, Connor's the real dad, like for sure. And I would be like, yeah, I was talking about that. But I'm feeling good about it. But I don't think in terms of the market, I don't think the market's where they should be on Connor. So maybe I'm saying that he's undervalued going into the finale and you should scoop up some shares. (laughs) I think you are saying that. That's good. Yeah, I think I am. I think I am. I think this is your living plus moment for Connor. You're trying to (laughs) reposition and just grow the the market cap on on Con. Dude, Con to the moon, baby. Let's go. Yeah, We're going supersonic out in Slovenia. (laughs) Fuck. Quick one, Jerry, Stockholm Syndrome line. So good. So mm. funny. If we want to talk about the henchmen anymore. Oh, um, just love them. Just chatting it up at the funeral. Love it. Just a great love scene. It. I'm going to miss mm. it for sure. How about Shiv asking Carl and Frank? Like, oh, yeah. Weird how scene. bad was dad? What weird do you think? Scene, do you think she was just looking to people who honestly spent more time with him and knew him longer and whatever to be like, tell me how he really was in a moment of pure like purely personal nothing else just wanting to know for her own conscience how was he and i honestly think carl liked him like i do think carl says he misses him earlier which seems like sarcasm but they call him a salty dog but he's a good egg you know you get you get what you get what you what you get what you get or whatever the fuck yeah whatever the fuck frank says i agree i literally wrote down that quote and said what did she think she was gonna get out of that question like I was wondering if she thought it was worse, but like, would they even say that to her face outside of his discount yeah. mausoleum? I don't know. Um, but, <laughs> but to your point, I mean, she was just in the crypt being like, well, and get to know him, you know, for eternity, you know, actually get to know him. So maybe it was also partly that. I don't think it was anything businessy, but I think it was, it was an interesting moment to be sure. Yeah. I guess I assumed it was, it was for an angle in some sense, but that makes sense that it wouldn't, it wouldn't be yeah. with the context of the scene. The brainworms of the show, right? We're yeah, always kind sure. of thinking that or thinking the worst. But I do think sometimes there is just it's just people being people. It's the human thing, as Kendall said. I think that yeah. is more prevalent sometimes than we realize it, or maybe the motive isn't so business oriented, but it plays for them. So it's all deeply intertwined. No doubt. I agree. It's going to be weird not having the brainworms after next week, but my parting shot will be uh, Mencken's Kinder Kuche Kirche line to Shiv, which obviously is German, and it means children, kitchen, church. So basically he's saying that like she's you know a woman and that's all she's good for. So obviously very purposeful. I looked purposeful. it up right before, yeah, and I said, oh, damn. Yeah, I knew it was bad. I knew it wasn't good, but I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like a Nazi saying again. I was like, I don't know what's happening. So who says that? M- Mankin or Matson? Mankin, Mankin oh. says that to Shiv. He calls her that, basically. When Matson's like, and an American CEO and like looks at Shiv and he's like, oh, you? And then says that yeah. that line, which I think is meant to be a bit derogatory in German. Yeah, as well. sure. Yeah. I mean, it felt like it was like, oh, the one who's supposed to be in the kitchen tending the children. 
Like it obviously ain't gonna be her. I don't think Shiv understood that that's what he said. But Yikes. whatever. That was just my parting shot to get it out there. Mencken's obviously a piece of shit. So I just the internet has been funny of like like just saying like this guy obviously caught all the Easter eggs in Mein Kampf that Ravenhead might have missed. <laughs> Which is just a callback oh. to an amazing scene of Tom and Ravenhead. So that's just funny. Um, my parting shot is that, you know, th- we know from interviews and things that for the final episode, there was at least a part of parts of the episode, right? Maybe the end chunk or whatever it is. There was a small group that went off somewhere to do it. So I assume it's just like the the Roy kids and whoever else. And they make a quick comment of, about Caroline when they're in the limo and they say like Caribbean air clear with mom or something like that. And I don't think they're going to go to the Caribbean, but it made me think like, oh, Maybe they do go somewhere, maybe with her, maybe with some, whatever it is, maybe post madness that whatever happens in this episode, maybe they do go somewhere for a will reading or for something. I don't know what it is. Yeah. But I was just thinking, okay, finale, like, where is that at least the um, smaller scenes that were shot over that weekend or week or whatever that only a certain cast and crew were there for? What's that? So maybe. I don't know. I was just thinking of what it could be, and that was like a little throwaway line. And I thought maybe it wasn't throwaway. Who's to oh, say? No, that's good. I also love the it from like the real world perspective of like getting the finale to be like a remote location with just like the like the core cast. Like that yeah. feels like a very fun send off as well. Like for the actual actors, that seems like a, a really fun idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. I like it. I love a good will reading, though. I'll tell you that right now. Me too, man. If if we don't get a will reading, I'm going to be a little upset because I think Logan Roy's will has just like is content. That is just pure content. And I need it in my life. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure he left some really nice sentiments behind for everybody. (laughs) You would hope so. Um, Yeah, no other parting shot. My parting shot was going to be that my mom picked Greg, but we already got into that. So (laughs) it's a plot twist. You know, maybe she knows things we don't. We'll see. Hey, baby. Egg prices have been going through the roof, so Greg's are on top. (laughs) Price is going to keep going up. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That's episode nine, Church and State. I remembered now. Um, Penultimate, second to last, get to the finale. Almost there. Another one. one. (laughs) Another one. Yeah, all right. (laughs) Kathleen will be back next week with our executive summary. Three of us will be back, obviously, with our favorite moments, favorite quotes, all of the above. Uh, just what a ride it's been. One more, uh, one more party, maybe two more parties. We'll see if we can get more people on, like a uh, like a full season, full show episode. Yeah, obviously, more of us at Binge Town. I guess if you're only familiar with the Succession podcast, there are seven total members of Binge Town. Alex technically is a is a friend of the pod, an all star guest of the pod, so. There are more of us and more people have been watching Succession. So maybe we get a bunch of people on just to chat, do a little roundtable, top characters, top moments, yada, yada, yada. All these types of things don't want to guarantee it. We're also we're really bad with guaranteeing future plans. I mean, we said before this season that we would do like maybe two episodes and we've done one every week. So we'll see what happens. But as always, if you like what you heard please subscribe uh, on whatever you're listening on or watching on um, bingetowntv.com is the home of Bingetown. Go check it out for all of the shows that we've been doing right now. We're working on silo yellow jackets is also sadly going to end next week with succession. It won't be a series finale. It'll just be a season finale. So that's a little bit, a 
little bit to keep our tears inside our tear ducts. Maybe <laughs> we'll see what happens. Um, and what else are we doing? I don't even remember. Barry series finale as well next week. Oh, true. Um, big oh Sunday God. for HBO. And uh, Tyler and I will be covering maybe Paul if we could get Paul. Uh, oh, he's just shift. a busy man. Night shift fall. He's got night shift Paul. Um, we are going to do a, a full season and honestly, a full series coverage on, yep. on the rest of season four. Go check out our one through four episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And um, no one's probably listening at this point. So if you are, I love you. I love you. Thanks for listening. Roy boys, shiv the shiv. Who's woof. it going to be? Woof woof. Fuck off. Woof woof. Bitch. All right. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.